Welcome to the Lighter Church Podcast. Lighting the people to light the world through the knowledge of Christ. Visit www.tlc.net.ng and share the gospel of Christ today. This is the day the Lord has made. Hallelujah. I'd like you to stand to your feet and choose a neighbor. And you're going to speak to the realm of your neighbor just from your heart like you mean it. Tell your neighbor, I am blessed. blessed. Neighbor, do you know that I am blessed? I may not have money in my pocket now. But one thing I know, I am blessed. I may not have all the things I need. Even right now. But one thing I know. I am blessed. My body might not be very strong now. My bank account might not be very rich now. Situation might seem not to be favoring me now. But one thing I know. I am blessed. I may be struggling with life now. And people might be laughing at me. But one thing I know is that I am blessed. God blessed me. And it's covenant. Blessing. And my blessing will make way for all grace to abound to me. The blessing is already in me. I am not looking for it. Blessing has found me. I will wait on the Lord to make me manifest the fullness of my blessing. I trust him that my blessing will manifest to the world and for the world to see. In the name of Jesus, like he did for Abraham, he will do mine in his time. And the world will see that I'm truly blessed. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for yourselves. Put your hands together for yourselves, for you are blessed. And you are not cursed. You are blessed going out. You are blessed coming in. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. You are blessed in your homes. You are blessed in your offices. You are blessed in the church. You are blessed outside the church. You are blessed everywhere you go. Your spouses are blessed. Your children are blessed. In the name of Jesus. Everywhere you go. The blessing of God will make manifest. From today going forward, the world will begin to see your blessing and they will glorify your God. In Jesus' name we believe. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I just want to remind us that we've been um, going through 
this family blessing for a while now. This, I believe, is the third Sunday. I've been talking about a blessing from God already provided, already settled in heaven, already covenanted with us. We've been talking about what God did to ensure that we receive his blessing that he has made. We've been talking about family blessing, which is God's kind of blessing. The blessing type of Abraham, as we found it in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 3, where the Bible said, And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Talking about families, not individuals. The Bible would have said, through you, all the individuals, all the persons in this earth shall be blessed. But that's not how the Bible put it. He said, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And we know that family is different from individuals. Family blessing as against individual blessing is not exactly the same. Why individual blessing is talking about blessing of somebody or an individual. Family blessing goes beyond an individual to two or more persons related to one another. To two or more persons that are closely knit to one another by the power of covenant or family. Starting from husband and wife, every family starts from a couple. The family of the world started with Adam and Eve. So we are talking about a situation where husband and wife and their children, and their children's children, and their children's children's children, whatever represents the lineage of a family, are blessed. Those that are spiritually tied together in the blessing covenant of God, that is the type of blessing that we receive from the Lord. The manifestation of our blessing can be seen in our individual lives. But the individual blessings are tied to the bigger family blessing. That is why at times you see somebody manifesting blessing. You say, who is he? Who is his father? Can we know more about you? And that is talking about earthly. But our blessing is spiritual, tied up to God himself, who is the owner of life and who knows how to bless his people. So our blessing might appear individual when we interact with people and people see us and call us by our names, our first names. But this blessing that people see individually is tied up to a family blessing or it's an offshoot of a larger family blessing that we are tied up to. 
I please want you to be very attentive because I'm going to do some kind of teaching and exposition regarding that. We are doing a family, um, we are in a family month. So we talk so much, we're going to talk so much about family. And of course, next Sunday, we are going to talk much more. But then we are still going to have, um, you know, a celebration of our families. And uh, the children is going to lead us through that. So I want to be very, very attentive about everything I need to say today because every word and of course every statement we mean so much to you and we matter so much to you so just be very attentive so you can grab the revelation behind every word that will be spoken today and so we're saying that in the case of family blessing you cannot separate the individual blessing from the main family blessing in as much as we can see the blessing in the life of an individual you cannot separate the blessing in that individual's life from the family blessing and say well this is just blessed other people in the family are not blessed because the manifestation of the blessing in the life of an individual does not mean the totality of the blessing of the family manifesting in that individual's life. Others still have the same blessing, but he might have manifested in a different way in somebody's life. If you are tied up to the covenant of blessing, probably from your parents. And if you are not tied to the covenant of this kind of blessing that you get to know more about, then you start the blessing by your relationship with Jesus Christ, and so the family blessing they were talking about start from you and your wife or you and your husband. Because somehow your father and mother had not been tied or were not tied to this family by covenant. And so you now start with you that are born again and are living under God's covenant. When Abraham received his blessing his wife, Sarah, ties automatically to his blessing. And of course, their children too. Their children also tied to the blessing that Abraham received of the Lord. So when I am blessed, my wife is blessed and my children are blessed. Myself, my wife, and my children ties to the same blessing which God calls family blessing. God cannot bless me without extending the blessing to my family. That is not God's kind of blessing. In family blessing, every member of the family was considered in the covenant. And no one person, listen to this, no one person is more important than the other. Only there is usually the head of every family, which is the husband. That also has its own responsibility in upholding the family blessing covenant. In the case of um, the first family of the world, Adam. And in case of the revisited blessing, when God began to find a way of um, redeeming mankind and he has to identify with Abraham, 
In the case of that blessing, the head of the blessing happens to be Abraham. But Abraham and Sarah and uh, their offsprings had to partake of the blessing equally. But of course, there is a head in the family. So every member of the family was considered in the covenant of blessing and no one is more important than the other. No individual in the family is more important in the eyes of God than the other. And it's not designed that in a family that is covenanted with God, the manifestation of the blessing will be more in one person than the other. It just depends on how we as individuals gravitate towards God and tap into the blessing of God and get it manifested in our lives. But God is not partial concerning his blessing in a family. Am I speaking? Praise the Lord. Also permit me to chip in here that when a man is cursed or operate under a curse, the curse go through his family. That is why you see in the Bible people that attracted curse to themselves, God will kill them and the family. The wife, their children. Because somehow the head has brought a curse to the family. You remember the story of Achan? When he took their costumes. And I began to wonder what did the family do to have been uh, murdered or killed because of the misbehavior of the head of the family. He brought a cost to the family and they all have to pay for it. That is why we must be very careful because some of the things we do that can attract cost to ourselves extend to our families. Especially talking to men now. Most of the things we do and how we live our lives that is a cause will not stop in you. We continue with your families. That is why it's very dangerous for you to do something that can attract cause in your life when you have a family. Because you are simply punishing that family for nothing. But that's the way it works. And on the other hand, which of course is an area of concentration, when you are blessed also, your family stands to be blessed. David said, I was young and now old. And I think he was talking out of his own personal experience. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. The righteous in this case is the one that has a relationship with God. The one that has been purified by God. And I have never seen his seed begging for bread. Why? Because the seed of the righteous operates under the same covenant with the righteous. I was young and now old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Neither his seed 
begging for bread. In family blessing, therefore, God does not bless a man and exclude his wife or bless a wife and exclude her husband or bless a husband and wife that are jointly knitted together as God has made the provision of marriage and don't bless their children. The children of the blessed are blessed. The offsprings of the righteous are blessed. But for the purpose of this analysis, we should concentrate on the blessing of God for a family through the head of family, which is the man. Let us not try to begin to interchange it when God bless a woman because it's almost automatic. But then, God respects orderliness. There is a head in every family. And so God called Abraham. But in calling Abraham to bless him, automatically he has called Sarah. Without any ambiguity attached to it. And Sarah and Abraham happens to be the custodian of the blessing that God pronounced to Abraham as the head of the family. And so the family blessing flows down from the husband and wife to the children. So for purpose of clarity, it is good for us to understand that God's blessing is not limited to money. It's not limited to money. We talk so much People identify so much of blessing to money and what money can buy. God's blessing is beyond money. God's blessing is all-encompassing. And so, we are also meant to understand in the first teaching that the enemy, the devil, also has his own form of blessing, but is the one that blesses, but adds sorrow to it. And the area of the blessing of the enemy is concentrated on the canality or the canal or maybe the money or money related. But then he has so many sorrows of the things that were taken care of by God in blessing his people. So the devil removed those things and just concentrate in giving them money. So God's blessing is all encompassing. So when you don't see money in the pocket of somebody, you don't say it's not blessed because there are other attributes of the blessing. And of course, money is also a part of it in God's own time, in God's own way, in God's own manner. And so we must understand that God's blessing includes things like honor, include things like favor, include things like wisdom, Include things like good health that the enemy might decide to take away from somebody that is blessing with money. Include things like peace of mind that the enemy will always remove from one that he wants to bless with money. They don't have peace. The wicked don't have peace. The blessing of God also includes, but not limited to victory in life battles. You are exposed to life battles. You fight the battle. But you are always victorious at the end of the day. It also includes protection from evil. Just like we read Psalm 91 as promised for the week. 
is also and inclusive of it, promotions in life from one level to the other. The path of a just man is like a shining light that shines more and more unto a perfect day. And so when God's hand of blessing is upon you, no matter how turbulent your life could be at a particular point in time, at the end of the day, it takes you up to another level of blessing, another height of blessing. And so the path of a just man become like a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. As part of the blessing is also fruitfulness. Fruitful in all your ways. Fruitful in your body and fruitful in everything that you have. And so it's endless. It's all encompassing. So when we're talking about the blessing of God, please let your eyes not be concentrated on G-wagons because that is not the totality of the blessing of God is not, as a matter of fact, you can be blessed and decide not to drive Rolls Royce. As a matter of policy, but you know you are blessed with money. You can be blessed with money and decide not to fly private jet, but you know you are blessed of God. And so, the yardstick of measuring of how much money God has blessed you is not on the thing that men sees or the way people display their wealth. It can also be displayed in another form. And God can so much bless you with wealth that your wealth is bringing millions that you might never get to shake their hands with into the kingdom of God by the way you spread the money to preach the gospel. And they might never see Rolls Royce in your garage. And they might never associate you with a house in Berlin and a house in New York and a house in, um, in uh, wherever, in India and a house in um, your village and a house in the city and a house in Abuja and a house in uh, Crazy. At times you lose count of where the houses are. So they might not even associate you with um, the kind of money you spray when you go for parties and when people invite you to do things. And so you are just there, knowing very well you are blessed. But the way you display your blessing is not the way the world displays your blessing. So to the world, you might not be as blessed as um, whatever name they might call, but you know you are blessed. And again, the, bless the blessing, like I said, is not limited to the things men can see or the way men display wealth and riches. It's well beyond that like we just mentioned but a few now so when God called Abraham to a strange land for blessing Abraham had to take his wife Sarah with him there is no how listen to me that Abraham can have a generational blessing without having children if God said through you shall all the families of the earth be blessed and I'm giving you generational blessing. You are blessed and your seed is blessed. There is no how God can pronounce this kind of blessing without God giving Abraham children or a child. It's practically impossible for God to say, I have blessed you and your seed will be blessed. And God decide not to give you the seed that we blessed. If your blessing is generational, 
that you need to have a, a, a seed and the seed also will be blessed and so what am I talking about when God blessed Abraham Abraham took his blessing mate Sarah with him because there is no how Abraham can have generational blessing without having children and there is no how Abraham can have children without having a wife So when God pronounced family blessing to Abraham, he automatically pronounced blessing to Sarah and their children yet unborn. It automatically means that Sarah, who had been barren since she got married to Abraham, will have a child. If God there says that the seed of Abraham stand to continue the blessing of Abraham it automatically means that Sarah who had been barren since they were married was actually destined to have a child by the purpose or by the pronouncement of God concerning offsprings or seed of Abraham but let me quickly add here that Lot was not a part of the blessing of Abraham or the family blessing of Abraham we don't have time to dwell on that today. But Lot was simply Abraham's baggage. Abraham's baggage. And that is why Lot did not continue with the generational blessing of Abraham. The, blessing, the generational blessing of Abraham continued with the offsprings of Abraham as directly. I don't know where the children of Lot are now, but... I can also figure that somehow if they didn't digress they keyed into the family of Abraham somehow the blessing will rub off on them but none of Lord's children were mentioned in the covenant of blessing to buttress or to buttress the family blessing of God we have to go to where family blessing all started. We touched that, I think, last Sunday or the Sunday before. Which happens to be Adam and Eve. And I want us to be able to get something before we continue with the blessing of Abraham as it's touching us. With Adam and Eve, God pronounced the first blessing in Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Genesis 1, <clears throat> 27 and 28. And the Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, him. Male and female created he, them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. And over the fowl of the air. And over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So God pronounced blessing upon the man and the woman. So God created the man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female. Created he, them. So in the original blessing, the male and the female are the partakers of God's blessing. And Abraham, if 
for example, is not a female? Adam, for example, is not a female. And if you have to talk about the female life of Abraham, is Sarah. And the female life of Adam is Eve. Is that understood? So look at this. This blessing pronouncement was made before the creation of Adam himself, which happens to be in chapter 2, verse 7. This blessing of the male and the female, and all the dominion and all the replenishment and all the things, was pronounced before Adam was even created. So God had Adam in mind. And you can also see that God also had, or had Eve in mind when the blessing was pronounced. And so in chapter 2, verse 7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and, and breathed into the nursery or the nurseries the bread of life. And the man became a living soul. Who is the man that became a living soul? Adam. So Adam was actually created after this first pronouncement of the blessing of God concerning humanity. Then Adam was given the Garden of Eden and the blessing of Eden. So when you continue from verse 8 to verse 15, you will be able to establish that. So when God made Adam and he became a living soul, the Bible says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man who he had formed. He put the man where, who he had formed. That time there was no woman formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden and from whence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, which is it, which compasses the whole land of Havila, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Delium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gihon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidakel, and it is it that goeth towards the east of Assyrian, and the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. At this point, it was just the man. And the man was given access to every good thing that God has made in the garden of Eden. But well, there's a strange thing about the fact that Adam was in custody of everything that God has beautified and made and all the precious metals and all the beautiful rivers and all the garden that, I mean, the beauty of the garden that God has planted. And so, it was after the handing over of the garden of Eden to Adam that God actually made Eve. But how did he make Eve? He made Eve out of Adam. And that is Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 to verse 24. 
And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names unto all the cattle and, and to the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God has taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Sounding like a wedding message. <laughs> Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one, one flesh. Now please, catch this revelation. What just transpired clearly means that inside of Adam, when God gave the Garden of Eden to Adam, and all the beautiful, precious stones, and all the beautiful fruits, and all the beautiful rivers, and uh, the trees that brings good fruit. Inside of Adam was Eve. Eve was being carried by Adam. When God gave Adam all the blessings. And so, the blessing of Adam was equally for Eve because both were in one body when God blessed Adam. And Eve was not formed from the dust of the earth. Eve was not formed from tree or from any form. Eve was brought out of the Adam that God has blessed. So that blessing that you saw being pronounced was Eve and Adam in one body at the same time. But then that name was called Adam. But it got to the time God said, I am going to separate Eve from Adam, who actually happens to be the custodian of the blessing I pronounced upon the one I saw then I have made. So, invariably, when God formed Adam and put the bread of life into Adam, he formed Adam and Eve inside of him and put the breath of life upon the two of them till he got to the time that he decided to separate from the two or from that one body so that they can form two indivisible entities before God. Is that understood? Eve was not a stranger to the covenant because inside of Eve, inside of Adam, was Eve. That must be very clear in your heart. I wish I can have the time to demonstrate. I will call a man here and say, you are Adam. But inside of you, 
is if. You can talk in a baritone, but somehow I can press in such a form you can talk with, um, I don't know how you call it, treble, um, soprano. <laughs> but inside of you is the, is the baritone and the soprano at the same time. Till God decided to separate the soprano from the baritone. But right inside is Eve and Adam at the same time when God had the breath of life inside of the man called Adam. And so, the blessing of Adam was equally for Eve because they were both in the same body when God blessed Adam. God, therefore, thereafter separated them and God still informed them after they have, he has separated Eve from Adam through the rib and made out Eve from the rib. He still told them that they are one flesh, meaning that they are one indivisible entity before him. And that actually happens to be in the verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and the mother and shall cleave unto the wife and they shall become one, one flesh, one flesh. They were originally one flesh. They were separated and God said, though you are separated into two individuals, you are still to me one flesh. So the two, Adam and Eve, in God's eyes and by divine design, though two individuals are seen as one person. Meaning, they are both co-equals to the covenant of blessing. Co-equal. Listen to me. This is strictly for husband and wife, and not a man and his girlfriend. This is strictly for husband and who? And wife, and not a man and his girlfriend. That is what you will eventually see in the case of uh, Ishmael, who was a product of the girlfriend, if we might use that word, of Abraham. That blessing of eternal blessing did not cover the son of the girlfriend. And we soon know the difference between the blessing of Ishmael, which God generously gave, and the blessing of Isaac. This is the covenant blessing that God brought back in the case of Abraham and Sarah as a spiritual generational blessing as God began the roadmap to the redemption of mankind. So what happened in Adam, in the Garden of Eden between Adam and Eve was what God brought back to Abraham as God decided to start the journey of the redemption of mankind and he decided to choose a family. He decided to choose a family, the family of Abraham, so that from the family of Abraham, the, the Redeemer have to come. And God decided to put the record straight that through this family, all the families of the earth will now be blessed by me, God. And this is why Ishmael, though blessed by God, and though also have generational kind of blessing, but his blessing is of the flesh or material, earthly in nature, at its best. It starts and ends in this world. And so the flamboyance of Ishmael 
and his generation has been given by God starts and ends in this world. And I think that's why they display it so much. Because it has nothing to do with eternity. They display it much more than the children of Isaac or the children of Israel displayed their own if you are very observant. The display of affluence from the blessing is more from the Ishmaelite than the children of Isaac. But that's for another teaching. So Ishmael descendants can only have access into the spiritual blessing of Isaac through Jesus. They can only have access to the blessing of Abraham, the generational blessing of Abraham, which is for eternity that he gave to Abraham and Sarah, the wife, the legal wife of Abraham. The Ishmaelite can only partake in that when they give their life to Jesus. Without that, their blessing stops in the face of the earth. This is where the blessing of life comes in. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the B part, I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. And this is not an ordinary life. This is the Zoe life that God was talking about here. And that is far greater than the ordinary life or the blessing of ordinary life thereby. So the blessing of life in eternity and the blessing that continues in eternity with God through Christ is what Jesus was talking about. I have come that you might have life. That life is not for you to breathe and um, live from um, zero year to 100 years. That's not the life. That the life of Christ in a man goes beyond the lifetime of the man into eternity. So I come that you might have that life. The life of God is way life and have life even more abundantly. The abundance of life goes beyond the earth also to eternity. But of course it starts from the earth. Now, Isaac's blessing and Ishmael's blessings are kind of different and we can see that in Genesis chapter 17 verse 19 to 21. I just want to quickly run through it so that we can go to the main thing for today. Genesis 17, verse 19 to 21. I read. Okay, let me start. Yeah, Genesis 17, 19. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. Then Sarah has not gotten Isaac. But then God was telling uh, Abraham. Indeed means for real. <laughs> it looks like time has passed or time is passing. But for real, he will still bear you a son. And God is telling somebody today that for real and indeed, you will still have manifestation of that blessing that he has promised you. It doesn't look like you have it now and it might look as if you might never have it but God is saying indeed you will have the blessing. 
Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. And for Ishmael, I have had thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful. I will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. What a powerful blessing. Then 21, but, somebody say but. My covenant will I establish with who? Isaac. There's no quarrel about it. Ishmael is blessed. But my covenant, my everlasting covenant, will be established with who? Isaac. Quit Sarah. Not Sarayatu. Or not Josephina. The one that you left the awe of the Chaldeans with. Your legal wife shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. God is speaking to somebody here. Amen. At this set time in the next year. Amen. At this set time in the next year. Amen. So you can see the separation between the blessing of Ishmael and the blessing of Isaac. Now let's concentrate on the blessing of Isaac. The blessing of Isaac guarantees the blessing of eternal life that have to span through Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, and the seed of Abraham. And so whosoever that is hooked up to Jesus Christ is hooked up to the blessing of Abraham through Isaac. And that keys to an everlasting covenant of blessing that God has brought into the world. And I can, again, like I said, the Ishmaelites can only participate in that when they accept Jesus as a Lord and personal Savior, which a few of them has done, and they, have, they are wise. Because in this world, they still enjoy some level of blessing that Ishmael got. But again, that led them to a blessing in eternity, which is bigger than the blessing that you can have in this world, no matter how many years you live in the face of the earth. So that's the kind of blessing we are carrying. And that is why we cannot be equated or we cannot be gauged or we cannot be, um, I don't know the right word to use now, measured by our physical wealth as an evidence of God's blessing upon our life. Because that is just a fraction of the blessing that God gives to his people, by the way. Let's talk more about the walking in reality of God's blessing to us as we begin to round off for today. First, it must be in God. If you want to walk in the reality of God's blessing, it must be in who? In God. Through who? Through Jesus. So the family blessing does not operate outside the blesser, if I use that word. The family blessing does not operate outside God. The covenant is the covenant of Abraham manifesting in the Gentiles through Jesus. So the blessing does not work outside Jesus. So to enjoy this blessing, you must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. Born again does not mean you must come to church. 
You must belong to a church. No, you must be born again. You would have given your life to Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Then you came to the covenant of eternal blessing through Jesus Christ that is tied to the blessing of Abraham that we are talking about. If you are not born again, you have no portion in this kind of blessing. Period. And so, to enjoy this blessing, you must be born again and remain in God. Then, you can begin to reflect on what we, we talked about last Sunday on how to attract the blessing through God's principles. We talked about knowledge. Of course, you're already in God now. We talked about obedience. You don't lose sight of those things we taught last Sunday. You talk about faith. You talk about patience. And we talked about joy. And so, these are the things that you have to put in you to begin to attract those blessings inside of you. You must have the knowledge that you are blessed. You must be obedient to whatever God said to you and everything God wants you to do. You must have faith that God, that, that's pronounced blessing upon your life, will give it to you no matter what you are going through. That you must be patient and you must patiently wait on God and you must have joy even when you don't have what God has promised you. And with all these things put together, you find yourself keyed into that covenant of blessing and it will manifest anytime, anyhow, in its fullness. Because these are working based on the principle of God. But having established this, we must recognize the place of unity. I'm going to concentrate on that as we close. Unity. Family covenant blessing is attracted and sustained by family unity and togetherness. It starts from the unity of the husband and wife. The blessing belongs to both of them, and so both of them has to draw from the blessing together. Has to draw from the blessing together. Husband and wife, you must listen to this, because that is, um, that's a very strong one. You must be very careful to listen to this, so that you don't arrogate anything to yourself. The covenant blessing of God is a blessing of family. And like I said, sometimes it doesn't favor one more than the other. And God is not partial about it. If God bless you as a family, he bless you, the husband, he bless you, the wife, at the same time, inside you was your wife. And so that became the bone of your bone and the flesh of your flesh when you eventually saw her. And two of you have joined together and become one flesh. By the power of the covenant, you are not superior to her and she is not superior to you. Both of you are partaker or partakers of the same covenant of blessing. And having said that, Amos 3.3 said, Can two walk together except they be agreed? You must listen to me very carefully. For the two to walk together, the two must be in agreement. To be in agreement you should not engage in things that you want from the blessing that God has given to you outside the knowledge of your spouse. The blessing belongs to the two of you. You cannot want to draw the blessing that God has given to the two of you and you don't want to share with your spouse so that you can be in agreement. Once you share with your spouse and you find a way of making her or him to be in agreement with you. 
That's the clincher. That is the power. Yes. Initially, you might have some disagreement. I share a vision. Ah, no, no, no. I don't think that's work. I don't believe in that. You calm down. After some time, share the vision in a particular way. And well, I think it's okay, but I don't want that. So calm down. Take time to go through the argument. And you get her buying. Have we agreed? Yes. Have we agreed? Let's join time together. Father, in the name of Jesus, this is our vision. This is what we want to achieve. By the power of your covenant in us, let it work. Simple. That you now see the mystery of the power of the covenant that does not belong to you alone as a man. Neither to you alone as a woman. You now begin to see things begin to happen. This, I believe, is safer than venturing outside the knowledge of your partner because you fear that your partner may not agree with you. That venture might hit the rock even after it has started successfully. It's not the beginning of, of a thing on the middle that matters. It's the end that matters. So don't use your pride to say, I can do it alone, on my own. I have my own wisdom, my own intelligence, my own abilities. I can do it without you. I can achieve my success without you. I don't need you to agree with me to succeed. You just simply lied because you're not keen into that covenant of the blessing of God, which is a family blessing. You are simply revoking the cover of your family covenant blessing. Once there is disagreement, the foundation is weak. You must understand that the devil always try to put disagreement and disunity in husband and wife so that he can affect their covenant blessing. I have always known this, but I knew it much more clearer and better when somebody that submits to me as a mentor and a pastor, apparently he's a pastor in another church, but it has everything to do with me and is so much identified with my ministry. He started submitting to me very many years ago when he was just but a young boy. And he came to me to report about the problem between himself and the wife. And he said, Pastor, you need to talk to her. We need to talk. I'm getting tired of all these problems. And he narrated all the problems. And I was trying to look for how I will be able to cancel and uh, bring solution to the problem. And in the course of what he was saying, I was trusting the Holy Spirit. And he just mentioned that even our daughter, they have two kids, one boy and one girl. The girl happens to be the first. Even our daughter has noticed that each time we are about to have breakthrough, each time something big is about to happen to me and the family, we will always quarrel. And of course, as a man, he will blame the wife for it. My wife will always quarrel with me over nothing. And as we are quarreling, that blessing or breakthrough will fizzle out. And my daughter said that to me. And she said, it's been happening for many years. 
And I said, wait a minute, your daughter observed it. He said, yes, but he has an idea. But for the daughter to observe it to that extent, he now began to search. And he found that to be true. That whenever something big is about to happen to them, and I tell you that time they were struggling, because I know they were struggling. There will be quarrel between the husband and wife, and in the place of that disunity, the miracle will fizzle out. And I said, Oh boy, we got the answer here. We don't need to, you know, people will pray too much for nothing. You don't need to pray too much about it. You have to call your wife in my office. Two of you have to stay and listen to me. And of course he did. And I said, never will there be a quarrel between the two of you. Even most especially when something is about to break through. Because that's the way the devil robs you of your blessing. You are blessed, but you're not having the blessing. So you must make sure that no matter who insults the other, you will bear it for the interest of your prosperity, your peace, and the blessing of God upon your life. And we prayed. And we did what? We prayed. Very short prayer. After some time, he called me and said, things are beginning to happen. I said, oh, really? After a time, he bought a car. I said, I bought it for my wife. I said, no, you are talking. What about your own? I'm trusting God. Things began to improve. The thing you used to do before, things began to enter. What about the quarrel? Ah, Pastor, we try not to. We try not to. We try as much as when the thing comes, we just push it out of us. And I decided to buy the car first so that things will also be good. You understand? That's a man of wisdom. <laughs> then after... He came and said, Pastor, let's dedicate a new car. I said, what? A new car. He came to my office and I said, this one is for you. He said, yes, God gave me this one. I said, oh, this is beautiful. You see, you gave your wife an older car and God gave you a new car. He said, even my wife said, this is the type that ladies use. <laughs> and I said, well, I don't want to put my mouth into a used wisdom, but please don't quarrel again. He said, Pastor, quarrel has gone long ago. <laughs> And um, we dedicated that car. And to the glory of God, they are doing so well. And I'm happy about it. The child is in the university. And their life is beautiful. The quarrel has reduced. And prosperity has begun to emanate. If they were quarreling constantly, they would still be struggling with life. Entering Kakemarawa to Tokada to, with all the potentials of having more than one car. And be, being able to pay their rent. And being able to pay school fees and living happily. The devil knows how to rob people of the blessing of the covenant that God has brought together. Who are you as a man that claims you know it all without your wife? You just deceived yourself. And that is why you are struggling. You are not getting anywhere because you try a thing. You are keeping it away from her. You think you are the macho man and nothing is working because there is no power of agreement between the two of you. And so you are coming to prove that the macho man has come again. And what has the macho got to show? You look at the macho, nothing. Because he's pretending and acting as if he's the Lord. Nobody tells me what to do. Nobody, I don't care what, 
You know, I disagree with my wife so much. In fact, everything I disagree, but once there's a disagreement, I go back to my shell. I say, God, I want this woman to understand this thing. I want her to understand. I pray for her to be convinced. You are praying about different things. You are going to the mountain, wasting your time, praying for prosperity. When you should pray for God to make your spouse to understand with you so you can have a power of unity and draw the blessing to yourself. And so that family is happy, and I'm happy. And the wife of that family, like I said, is in church. And I thank God that she's happy, she's smiling. I look at her face and say, yes, pastor, I agree with you. <laughs> yes, but the name remains a secret. Now, that's what they call hindrance to prayers. Our prayer does not undermine the place of oneness in attracting God's covenant blessing. Our prayers, no matter how you want to figure it, fast, pray, mountain, valley, 10 days, 30 days, 40 days, I, I don't know, number of days of fasting. It can never undermine the place of togetherness or a pastor lay hands on you, another pastor lay leg on you, another pastor pour oil on you. It does not undermine the place of unity between the husband and the wife. And so I'm going to First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, Likewise, ye husbands, if you're a husband, stand to your feet. If you're a husband, please stand to your feet. Aha. Ye, say ye me. <laughs> Likewise, ye me. Aha. So I would not read. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Giving what? <laughs> you are honoring your wife. Giving honor unto who? Am I the one that wrote the Bible? I think it's difficult for me to practice honor for what? But that is the word of God. You can't take some and leave some. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel has been held together of the grace of life that your prayer be not what that your prayer be not what whether the prayer is done in the valley or done in the mountain or done in um, deeper life christian church or done in mountain of fire or done in redeemed christian church or done in the lighted church that prayer can be hindered if you refuse to do what god wants you to do if Bishop um, Labaja lay hands on you and add Bishop Ojumakinde lay leg on you and uh, the Bishop of um, Canterbury pour anointing oil on your head, it's not going to work because you have violated the principle that will attract your blessing from God. Sit down. The Bible says as heirs together of grace. Note that. Likewise, you husband dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heir together of grace of life. As being heir together. What is heir? I want one intelligent brother to tell me what is, what is heir together or what is co-heir. What, what is the meaning of heir together? I want somebody to tell me, and I want a man to tell me. What is hair together? What is hair together? Hair. I know. 
You are joint beneficiaries. You are joint beneficiaries. No one is superior. Both of you are joint beneficiaries of the grace to prosper. Which is the grace of life. Both of you are joint beneficiaries. So if you want to, to enjoy that blessing, two of you must be in agreement and join yourself together and you don't dishonor her. You just believe she has something to contribute. Whether she's a primary seed holder and your PhD holder, it doesn't make a difference. Whether it's the son of a farmer and you're the son of a professor, it doesn't make a difference. Whether it's from the village and from the city, it doesn't make a difference. As long as you decide to marry her, you are now joined together of the grace of life. Am I understood? Very weak. Men, am I understood? Now, do you really want to prosper? Okay. Nobody wants his or her prayers to be hindered. That means you just wasted time praying. Oh, but where have you been? I've been in the mountain. For how long? For 21 days I've been praying. And you came down, the prayer is flat, hindered. <laughs> what happened now? I need to go to, I will change the mountain from the one in Abiokuta to the one in, um, in Akura. <laughs> and the one in Ibado. Maybe that's where the power, you know, the higher it is, the closer you are to God, isn't it? <laughs> you need to go to a higher. Then they say, ah, who is your pastor? Ah, it's a lower level of anointing. You need to go to a higher pastor. <laughs> so that they can, you don't do know that name. It's a prophet. And after you have done, the prayer is pew, pew. the prayer is what? Hindered. <laughs> now, I want to also let you know this so that the women don't get too excited about it. You are not excluded from this also. If you dishonor your husband, you have a vision, and you say your husband will not be a part of it. In fact, oh, we, we close first. <laughs> long ago before that of your husband. We close long ago because there's no spiritual root. Because he's the head of the home. He needed to be carried along. He is that, that one is dead. He's not, he's not, God just brought that of the man and the woman because you know a man is a man God is telling you. But the other one has no place at all. Am I understood? Uh -huh. So, don't you know who I am in my office? Don't you know the kind of... And I won't let you know what we are going to... And God said, hey. So, you are now become the man. Eh? You can do whatever you want to do. Oh, let's see how you can go. But just that humility, darling, there is this thing of... I don't, no, no, please. It's good for the family. I want to go into it. Even when he's going to do exam, if you don't tell her, if you don't tell him, you will fail in that exam. No matter how intelligent you might be. You want to start some business, you don't tell him you will fail. You build a house and he don't know about it, you will sell it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it happens every day. Just ask around, ask around. Tell your neighbor, ask around. <laughs> okay, so that unity must be total and perfect. Because the bitterness of heart by your wife or maybe your husband in disagreement of what the spouse is doing can cause hindrance of prayer. Walking and praying but not prospering. Walking and praying but not breaking forth. You need to find out why. 
Listen to me. God does not do the hindrance. He said, so that your prayer be not hindered. And so God hindered my prayer. God is the God that answers prayer. I've never seen in my Bible that God hinders prayer. We can talk about praying amiss. It's because you prayed amiss. But God doesn't hinder prayers. Who hinder prayers? Satan. You play into the hands of Satan. Even as righteous as Daniel was. Daniel was a man of God. Dedicated to God. He prayed, and the prince of the kingdom of Persia hindered his prayers. The Bible said for 21 days, but he never stopped praying. Hindered or delayed his prayer, a righteous man, till Michael came and forced down the prayer. And God told him, the fact that you prayed, I have actually answered you. But this stupid prince of Persia, has hindered you these 21 days. And Daniel said, hey, you have the power to stop my prayer? Yes, yeah, yeah, so. Those idiots, those demons, they are very powerful. Oh. Apostle Paul said, I have planned to do a couple of things, to go to you a couple of times. But Satan hindered me. So don't joke with when you play into the hands of the devil. The devil is the one that is called the accuser of the brethren. He will tell God, you want, you want to give him that, that breakthrough? He has violated your principle. Now look at, look at the scripture that you, 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 you put. Look at what happens in 1 Peter 3.7. Can you give it to him? And the devil will say, you cannot be a just God and walk against your principle. God will hands off and Satan will hinder the prayer. May your prayer never be hindered again in Jesus' name. May your prayer never be hindered again in Jesus' name. I close. Psalm 133, 1 to 3. Psalm 133, 1 to 3. You know, we men, the way God created us, we struggle with these things. We struggle, we struggle, I struggle with it at times. And my wife knows how to deal with me most of the time. If, for example, I have some kind of quarrel or misunderstanding with her in a Saturday, I will do everything possible, including promising what I don't have, for reconciliation. Because I know the effect when I stand ministering to people. And she will frown. You need to make, you need to make more pledges. <laughs> And also to perform more. Uh -huh. Then we can ask my, are we okay? My children know that it's not very difficult for me to say I'm sorry. I mean, I say it with, with, with ease. I am sorry now. I am sorry. Why are you always sorry? Why are you always, I was asking, why are you always sorry? I said, because I'm sorry. <laughs> what does it call to say I'm sorry? So that you can prosper, so that you can be blessed, so that you, I'm sorry now. Is it not your wife? Uh, they say, woman rapper is always telling I'm sorry. I have to say it because of you and I. <laughs> I'm sorry in the future. I say I'm sorry again. <laughs> Even before the city is committed, I'm sorry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Wisdom is profitable to do what? Psalm 133. Be doing macho there. Be doing macho. I'm not with you. I'm not, I'm not in the same frequency with you. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3.
Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye, O servants of the Lord. Praise ye the name of the Lord. No, Psalm 133. I'm reading 113. Sorry. Psalm 133. Yes. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ornament upon the head that runs down from the bed, even Aaron's bed, that went down to the skirts of his garment, as the dew of Hammon, as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I'd like us to stand to our feet. The Bible simply talks about the place of unity. 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 United in purpose, in agreement. It is from there the Lord do what? Commands his blessing. Not in the place of disagreement, not in the place of quarrel, not in the place of misunderstanding, but in the place of reconciliation and in unity. It is from there the Lord do what? Command his blessing. It is good for us to venture. It is good for us to be hardworking. It is good for us to know how to do things. But the horse can be prepared for battle. But the victory is always of the Lord. You can do all you need to do. You know how to do. But at the end of the day, the result is what matters. What is the result you have? And the, the reason is that you are simply undermining your wife. I don't want to use what my people use because it's a bit, it's a bit vulgar. It's a way they call women, you know. And they struggle with that. That's the way they see women and they struggle with that. But you see, there is a covenant that I'm talking about that I'm on eating. When you see, you see, you have to differentiate yourself from the Ishmaelites. You are now, okay, let me say this before we close. There are two, two laws that guide the world. The first is the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Then the other one is the law of sin and death. The law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus is what governs the Christians. Once you get born again, you key into that law. And that law begins to operate in you. So what an unbeliever does and get away with, because it's operating a different law, if you do it, you can't get away with it because you're not being governed by a different law. It's just like when you are a Nigerian and you decide to go to UK and you got yourself a car. Maybe you cross over to Germany and have a car that the steering is by the left. And you are driving and you said, this car is my own. I am the one that bought this car. I can drive my car going right. That is what I know in my country. My, am I not a Nigerian? So you are driving and you are doing, you are, you are, you are going to the right. You know, it's not how we drive here. And somebody say, no, 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 you have to drive left. You see, you are calm driving. You know what will happen to you? There is a law that governs that place. Before you move so far, they will stop you. Take your driver's license, seize your car and tell you you cannot drive in that city anywhere, anytime again. When you shift from a law that 
you are operating in into a different law, you give authority under that law to determine what you do. If you so decide to give your life to Christ and you are moving from the law of sin and death to the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, please don't question what the law says because you are not the one that determines that law. What the law says you must obey. If you don't obey, you will contravene the law and you will be punished for it. So what am I saying? You don't determine what you do in this kingdom. The king of the kingdom has a manual that makes you know what you must do if you want to live a good life. We all struggle to do things right. It's not easy all the time because women's mouths are like typewriter. They want to tell you that they know more than you, but you need to humble yourself if you want to get what you want. You go to an office, you have a boss who is a lady, and he says, come here, Fred. Pack this file. Go and give it to... You look at her and say, it's not even up to the age of my wife. But if you want to be sacked, say, I don't want to do that. <laughs> if you want to be sacked, that month you will not receive your salary. But I say, yes, ma, yes, ma. You will send your hand, that stupid woman. She didn't hear you. <laughs> yeah, because if you are daily bread, you will see two heavy men. They put them like animals. Put a ring around them. And say, begin to beat yourselves. This one come and hit. This one will fall. Hey! That one will beat himself. Push. This one will, will fall. And the one will come and we will hail him. Yeah, yes. You are the one who. He now summoned. The, the face is bleeding. The eyes is bleeding. You know what he was looking for? You know what he's looking for? <laughs> Money. It's not that he likes to be beaten by another man. And the one will be hailing him. Come on, beat him. Man. And he said, Darling, my eyes are bleeding. Come, just go and try. Because he knows that by the time he wins, that money will come. <laughs> then after, he will use um, cold water or hot water. Sorry, is it painful? Hey, you're not going to pay, Nabi. <laughs> For the purpose of the money, that thing doesn't matter. You hit him, you go to the hospital, you come back, he's staging another fight. Because of what? Mm-hmm. So if you can go through all that, is it for you to just humble yourself and uh, agree with your wife that will be difficult? Uh, no. Because if you don't agree before it goes for that battle, it's not in support of you. you didn't come for that match, you will lose. Oh. The other one will beat you so mercilessly. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not the one that wrote the Bible. Raise up your two hands. Father, we just thank you for your word and we trust your word is powerful. At times, it's difficult to really key into the total obedience of your word, but we have no option. If we are in you, we must do your wills. Jesus said, this particular cup is too much for me, but I don't know what to do. Not my will, but yours be done. Father, I give you free access into my life as I give you free access into the life of those that you have given me to pastor and minister to. Help them to love your word, to obey your word, to see your word as life unto them. And Lord, so that they can begin to enjoy this family blessing we are talking about. Begin to enjoy the covenant of blessing that we are talking about. Begin to assess the thing that you have laid in stock for us that made Jesus so say it was finished when he hung himself on the cross. That all their sorrows and pain and frustration and sickness and disease and poverty will remain finished and wiped away forever. 
Even as they begin to walk in the newness of life. Father, let your name be glorified in these families. And let there be manifestation of your blessing in these families. And let everything, Lord God, we do from this moment going forward begin to draw your glory to us. Thank you, Father, for this. As we begin to do the thing that will be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on The Lighted Church, visit tlc.net.ng or follow The Lighted Church on Instagram and Facebook. God bless you.